Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is January 27th, and this is Lucas Peters filling in for Mike Miner. Mike is uh, off this week having a little bit of fun, and uh, I got Jeff Hodorn. Lucas Peters. We meet again on the podcast. Just a fun little time up in the podcast room with Jeff. (laughs) Uh, Perfect place to be on a Friday afternoon. There you go. So... You know, all in all, uh, not a whole lot going on here today, Jeff, but what uh, what do you think we should talk about on the market-wise? Well, I think we should jump into a little bit of weather, um, not necessarily that's maybe been a big mover and shaker, but, you know, it's been impacting some of the markets, um, and, you know, grains over the week have been kind of sideways in action, I would say. I, I, I keep going back to this corn market, you know, it did it tried again to push up to highs and it didn't quite make it. Um, so I, you know, I continue to look at that and think, okay, we can't bust out of this high range. Uh, probably got enough demand type of blues to keep us down under this 685 when I'm staring at the March chart here. Um, you know, they go over into the soybean world. We start talking about the weather in South America. Um, and we've got some, you know, rain come through this week. We've got some decent rains going in there in the overnight, uh, the front end, you know, taking the brunt of the market reaction here today. That thing also had the biggest rally yesterday off some, you know, daily export sales or excuse me, weekly export sales. I guess that report was so just kind of end in the week, I would say, and pretty well in a sideways matter, you know, the beans, um, kind of stuck between South American weather being on the bearish side, I would argue, with the rains that have moved through in the past week. The uh, tight balance sheet on the front end here as far as old crop soybeans go. But on the other side of the weather is over into the livestock arena. You know, we've got some really cold temperatures moving in next week. That's going to do probably a couple things. That's going to make the cattle situation a tickle worse, uh, especially if you look at some of these cattle that have got some condition, poor conditions working for them already. I know our friends in Nebraska, for an example, are getting fairly nervous about what the, you know, they're, they're going to see some below um, zero temperatures down there on some cattle that had a pretty tough go of it already from a moisture standpoint. And now, now, you saw that firsthand, didn't you, Jeff? Weren't you down there yesterday? Yeah, we did sneak down there yesterday. We had a couple customer visits, Macy and I did. So we did some uh, gravel traveling, not the fun kind, but uh, run around looking at some cattle lots. Um, you know, it's you can't see a ton from the windshield, of course, but the, uh, you know, the conditions we've seen were kind of all over the board. You've got some cattle that I would say look quite a bit worse than the ones I had at home. That was the biggest reason I went down there, Lucas, to feel a little better <laughs> about myself. Confirmed that your stuff looked good, Jeff. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> no, that's not exactly <laughs> where we were going there. But uh, there'd be some yards that don't look so bad either. But you know, one of the concerns, and um, you know, talk about the cattle market real quick, is we've gotten ourselves into a whole list of really willing sellers 
um, and that's been tough on our cash market. I'm concerned of one of the biggest takeaways is the number of bigger cattle that we've seen on that trip. And we just, we just covered the Eastern portion of the state, just a day trip. Um, but there was a lot bigger cattle in the yard than what I was thinking there would be. There's a lot of tough conditions. Of course, it'll be interesting to watch this cash market. I'm, I'm getting a little concerned that our doldrums might last a little longer than what we'd like to see. Uh, on as far as the front-end cash and the motivated sellers that we've been seeing. If you pop over to the uh, hog situation, of course, you know, last time we've seen temps dip this low, I don't, we we did end up seeing a little bit less demand, I'm pretty confident. And that's certainly an arguable um, discussion point, but in my opinion, I think we've seen some de- some decrease in demand side on the on the hog side, and you know you just don't see it from a production standpoint. The pigs keep growing no matter what the temperatures are like, of course. So you know, unlike the cattle, you sir, we got some willing sellers up front, but that's going to take pounds off big picture. Obviously, that's not true in the hog world. Um, so from a weather standpoint, I think we've got you know both some negatives on both the proteins there um, also been kind of a supports around the wheat market this week uh, winter wheat kansas city winter wheat's kind of been an impressive market so far it's building off a pretty solid low here in my mind and i think that's probably helping our corn you know stay up against the top end of the range here at least uh, further into the hog market We've really we've seen that marketplace just get pretty tired this week is the best way I can explain it. We've got a front-end fundamentals that just don't seem like they want to get any legs underneath them. So you keep that CME index in the 72 and some change type of number. Um, for the longest time, we had February continuing to print a $5 premium to where the index is at. Um, that started giving up. A little yesterday gave up a buck today i i'm definitely concerned we're going to see some more of that i i can't bring myself to go short that february um, at these prices but certainly not arguing with folks who want to do so it just doesn't seem like we're going to get any strength to this market before we run out of time on the february you know from there the april's had a pretty tough week this week and probably justifiably so you know we started the into last week there with a over ten dollar premium um for with the april to the february for an example so a really big premium off the cme index and i think you're you're going to experience the same kind of exhaustion there in my mind i know we had a nice up day yesterday um but it's just going to be hard to hard to continue to support those unless we get some good news on the front fundamental front and we're so far been lacking pretty hard yeah so just on the hogs you know this week we were at the uh, iowa pork congress uh down in des moines for the last couple days wednesday thursday down there and it was my first time of going to the iowa pork congress they they just let the insurance guy out to the office a little bit but uh, you know, the the attitude down there, uh, of course, wasn't real great, Jeff, because, you know, you look at uh, where these prices have been in the short term, and uh, 
and it's putting a lot of pressure on guys. Costs are up. Um, the uh, of course corn price uh, stays up pretty high. We, even if futures dip a little, basis strengthens back up, or vice versa. Um, a lot of guys kind of had the feeling, you know, this thing should turn around eventually. But if it doesn't, uh, boy, it could get real ugly here uh, long term if it uh, we don't get a change in some of yeah. this. Well, you're going to see some, I dare say you're going to see some $50 negative bills on some of these closeouts uh, coming through here. So that is that is the definition of nasty. And, and one of the more disappointing parts about the hog market is we just can't seem to get into these lower numbers that we've expected to, to be getting into. Quite the opposite. It looks like we're going to have another uh, total weekly kill here of you know almost 25 five million head and we're supposed to be killing a solid hundred thousand less than that and it's been stubbornly high packers uh, seem to be able to put their kill together quite a bit easier than what we uh, really would like to see kind of each week that goes by that's going to be one of the top things that we're watching in the hog market is there I mean, are they still playing catch up from the closest when they were closed during the weather over the holidays? Or? I don't think that's the right question to ask. I don't think they are, um, and it's just too too far in the past. I mean, that was a month ago that we really seen that major event. So, yeah, if we haven't talked this week with um, some of you folks, that is, I think we have to kind of move past that and start thinking about what else we got going on. We're not ready to throw in the towel on the less pigs and, and say hey we're wrong about that uh, i don't think that's the situation but we're going to have to see some shorter numbers really quick here uh, and and that's what the marketplace is also looking for of course but yep well yeah so i you know you brought up uh, weather uh, before when you're talking and uh you know one thing that i i saw the drought monitor uh, come out for the u.s here was it yesterday came out and 45% of the uh, corn-growing area of the U.S. is still in some sort of drought. Uh, that doesn't sound great, but that's down from like 75 pushing 80% back last fall. Um, so, you know, we're starting to kind of see a, maybe see a pattern shift. Maybe it's just finally getting some moisture in these dry areas. But It sure know. feels like it, and I think, you, th- you know, some some of the theory is you can throw the South American discussion right into that same bucket and you know argentina has been picking up a few rains and that um often swings up into north american also so it's that's very possible um that we're seeing a little bit of a difference in moisture there you know so as we think about spring planting and getting some acres in making those final decisions on what we're going to plant and maybe sooner or later hopefully when we're going to plant it lucas yeah uh, what i know you've been talking about and doing a webinar of here and there about you know arc or plc the famous argument this time of year what's your thoughts on those decisions again this time around yeah you bet so uh time of year when we have to make those decisions for arc plc also crop insurance all tied in and uh all of that has to be decided by march 15th so that's kind of our magic uh, deadline there still Still a month and a half away, but of course that creeps up uh, on a guy pretty fast. Yeah, my experience is that's not very far is it? <laughs> on the things that I'm pushing off. Six weeks goes pretty quick. <laughs> so so we better uh, get this stuff figured out now so you got time to get your appointment scheduled and get signed up. But, you know, when we look at this uh, farm program sign up or ARC or PLC, 
Uh, it's anyone's annual sign up now. And, you know, the PLC program, uh, you're looking at a reference price of 370 on corn and 840 on soybeans. You know, that hopefully is unrealistic in 2023 of sinking to those uh, type of price levels. Uh, so I've kind of uh, pushed off PLC. Uh, Art County uh, is a little bit better since we use an Olympic average price and yield, and it's a revenue-based formula. So we get a little yield protection as well as the the price protection. The problem is the prices that they're going to use are, are are still way below market, right? So we're at 398 on corn for an ARC price. You know, the yields are good, but uh, you have to have a significant loss before an ARC county payment is triggered. Uh, now, you do have to sign up for one. So even though both programs might, might not be great or might not look like they have, they're going to pay, uh, you do have to pick one. But what I would encourage everyone to do before you just automatically go in and sign up for ARC county or tell your local office to uh, sign you up for ARC county, Go to your crop insurance agent, or better yet, come see uh, us at ProAg, um, and get a quote on the SCO coverage, uh, supplemental coverage option. Uh, it is a crop insurance add-on, but it acts a lot like ARC County. And the reason why you should get a quote and look at it this year, uh, for one, you cannot buy SCO if you're signed up for any of the ARC programs, uh, so you'd have to be on the PLC program. But what that ARC is, or excuse me, what the SCO is going to give you is the 86% trigger, just like the ARC County, but it's going to use planted acres instead of uh, base acres, and it's going to use the crop insurance price uh, for setting that uh, revenue protection and and that uh, you know jumping that insurance coverage up to 86%. If you normally buy 75 or 80% coverage. Uh, to me, is a great thing to do in 2023. Um, you know, we've come off a couple years of high prices and rising prices on corn and beans through the year. Uh, that doesn't always hold true every single year. And prices got to come down at some point. Uh, it was interesting just looking at a chart here comparing Dece 23 uh, corn futures to uh, Dece 13 corn futures. And man, that line is uh, synced up pretty good right now. And maybe it's just coincidence. But in 2013, if you remember, we had a really steep price drop from spring to fall uh, for our crop insurance guarantees. By paying a little bit more for crop insurance coverage, bump that uh, strike price up uh, by using SCO to 86%. Uh, I really like that program this year. Uh, if you're at 85% individual, probably doesn't make a lot of sense to buy it for the 1% of coverage you're going to pick up with SCO. But if you typically buy that 75-80%, uh, be sure to check out SEO before you go in and uh, sign up for uh, ARC County. So. so the decision maybe isn't so much PLC or ARC. It's more if you want to tack on the, you know, just because you're hopefully not going to see either one of the those kick in this year again, more if you want to kick on the additive coverage or not. That's that's exactly right. So you, the reason why you have to look at that adding on the SCO is it, I mean, it's going to cost you some money out of your pocket, right? So it's an insurance coverage. It's going to cost 10, 20 bucks an acre, depending on where you're at, um, what your APHs are and, and all that other fun stuff. But uh, is spending 15 bucks for an average uh, to pick up, you know, a, a decent amount of coverage for insurance, get a little better price protection, bump up your yield protection, 
is that better than just signing up for Art County, which costs nothing, uh, but the likelihood of payout is is way lower. So that's that is the exact uh, right point, Jeff. Of maybe it's not Arc PLC, it's Arc SCO uh, for twenty twenty three. Very. Very good, Lucas. Well, I think that maybe does it for us this week, and hopefully we'll see everybody back here again next week, and then have a good weekend. Sounds good. See you guys later. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.